Kiora Koto, welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. I'm having a fangirl moment. Um, I have the amazing Hinamoa Elder on with me. Welcome, Hari Mai. Hinamoa is a fellow of the Royal Australia and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists and has been a consultant and child adolescent psychiatrist. And she whakapapa to Ngāti Kuri, Te Aupori, Te Rarawa and Napui. Welcome. How is it? How's your Friday? My Friday is pretty good, thank you. Um, and as as happens not infrequently at this time of the year, we're having a power cut right now. So on a on a court report writing and, and other report writing day, I'm just managing with no electricity and doing okay. Um, are you having to use your pen and pencil? Because I, <laughs> I find when I go back to doing that, I get a really sore hand very quickly. <laughs> yeah, luckily for me, I charged up my laptop. So I've still got several hours of, of juice in my laptop to go. Amazing. So I was just reading your uh, International Women's Day ponderings. And I I actually wrote a post on Facebook that said, I am too sodding tired to say anything about International Women's <laughs> But I loved, I just want to read what you wrote. Today is another day for me to remind myself, stop being a good girl. The brainwashing is real. We are here to discuss our truths, kick down doors and keep places safe for each other and our young people to realize their dreams and aspirations free of the brainwashing we've faced and continue to face every day. Every day is International Women's Day. Um, And I had a really interesting conversation with my friend this morning at school drop off that said uh, she she's got somebody, a relative staying at the minute. And every time she does something, puts a plate down, hands him a coffee. He says, thanks, good girl. And she said, I, I want to lose my mind and I'm not sure how to approach it. So we had a really good it, it's a really, really interesting concept to talk to that I've been talking to my five year old about. Um. What, what, how are children, how are we talking to children nowadays that's different? How are you finding that in your corridor with, with kids, with families? That's a, it's a, I think it's a really interesting question. And I don't think there's one simple answer. What I see in my work life and in the rest of my life when I'm interacting with whānau, uh, my own whānau, my children are, are adults, um, however I see lots of kids in other aspects of my life, is that there's not one way that we're interacting with our kids. I um, I commonly do see people praising children in that way of saying, good girl, good boy, good child. And we know that that kind of praise is really ineffective. The most effective way to let a a young person know that you have appreciated something that they've done is to describe in detail what you saw. So, hey, I noticed that you set the table this afternoon without me asking you. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, I noticed that you put your seatbelt on in the car without me having to ask. Uh, and we know that all of us actually respond, no matter what our age and stage, we respond much better to those kinds of interactions than being told we're good yeah. or we're bad. And 
you know, the reason I I um, have started saying stop being a good girl, which is a provocative statement, and and is to sort of get people thinking about how we talk to each other a bit differently, is I think for for women and girls and and people who are experiencing gender not as males, yeah, we we tend to uh, get messages that reinforce a sense of compliance and a rather rigid set of rules that we are supposed to stick to. And when we start to deviate from that path, we're very quickly given a message that uh, being a bad girl, being a girl that's not on track of, you know, smiling, being pleasant, being polite, covering up, being modest, take the smaller portion, you know, restrict your your portion size, all of those hideous messages, hate your body, be ashamed of your body, um, and and try to modify it in, in certain ways, the fashion of the, of the time, is that you're a bitch or you're a slut or you're a whore or you're a, you know, you're a dangerous woman if yeah. you're not playing by the rules of a particular colonizing patriarchal playbook. Yeah, it's a lot, right? It's And I'm seeing that with my, I have a five and a half year old and the, you know, really noticing what is going on for her and that thing of, I want, I want you in, in your, I will welcome you in any state of any emotion that you are in so I will I will take you and and accept you for when you're angry sad frustrated anything because that whole instilling in them that no matter what they get involved in throughout their life I am still here and open and it's a safe place to come and bring that stuff so we're going through a whole bedtime routine at the minute that is literally driving me insane but I'm really really trying to say to her whatever happens whatever you throw at me or shout or scream or go to bed easily whatever that means I am still going to be here doesn't matter what you put in front of me Mm. Um, I think that predictability of turning up and turning up emotionally available is really important and of course as parents you know we we may not always feel that we're really fully resourced emotionally we are tired we are human we are um, feeling pressure from many sides particularly at the moment you know we've all been through COVID in different ways we've had we've had babies born into the COVID era we know that they're affected a bit differently we've had um, schedules thrown out the window many people have lost their jobs there's a there's a huge amount of financial insecurity family violence is is off the scale drug addiction mental health problems also um, you know really problematic in many whanau so you know, there's an ideal state of being, but for most of us as parents, we're sort of somewhere on the spectrum of feeling tired um, and stressed and juggling a whole lot of things. So so one of the key discussions I have with a lot of whānau is listen to the emotions behind the words. You know, so young people are often saying words out loud uh, for the first time, hearing themselves saying certain words, and some of those words might be angry words, or, or they might be words that parents have never heard before, or caregivers have never heard before. And sometimes it's hard to react. It's hard to resist not just reacting to those words and to just take a tiny pause and go, hang on, what are those, what are the emotions that those words are trying to convey? And and instead of focusing on words, which are very powerful and important, 
think about, hmm, okay, there's a vibe here. There's a mood here. There's an there's a energy level. I think that's another thing. You know, when, when, when young kids and, and teenagers, and we know that there's kind of similarities between really young kids and teenagers in terms of their emotional intensity, when, when kids are kind of popping off, it's easy for parents to just find ourselves matching that level of intensity. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, zero to 100 in a, in a couple of milliseconds. And actually, one of the practices that I invite Fano that I'm working with to try out is to just sit back a bit and recognize that drive to match the level of intensity of feeling. Now, hang on. I'm the predictable, calm, resourceful parent. I might not always feel like that, but that's what I'm trying my best to bring to this encounter. How can I understand better about what's really going on so yeah. that I can then truly be emotionally available? Yeah, it's such a beautiful, like I, you know, we get, we're getting the, you're mean, I hate you. Duh, duh, duh. And I tr really try and say, wow, that is a big statement that you ask that's big words that you're using and I can tell not focusing on what she's saying but actually saying I can really tell you feel something huge because you're saying those words whether they make sense to you or not instead of being focusing in on oh my god my child is saying that she hates me there's just obviously something behind that those big words that come out from her yeah I think that's it, a really key point. It's hard for parents, hard for God, all of us, parents, God, not to take so these hard. things incredibly personally. Yeah, yeah. I think that being curious though is really important because instead of like we did a lot of things um, last week where we were trying to work out like what is going on under this like situation that keeps coming up around bedtime. And I said, oh, can you describe like what is if sleep was a color, what color would it be? And she said red because red's a powerful color. And I said, well, what shape would it be? And she said, it's very spiky at the minute, mom. And it was like, wow, I've got so much more from that than I would if I'd have gone down the non-curious route of just mm -hmm. we go to bed, we have to go to bed, we have to go to bed because it gives you energy. Rah, rah, rah. But I got, and then we started drawing some things out and we discovered so much more from just being curious about what sleep meant to her. Yeah, I think the use of the imagination is something we can tap into yeah. much, much more. Um, and and to find a, a sort of a third way to get around this sort of, you know, uh, fight <laughs> that goes on, you know, a young person puts their foot down and then an adult's like, well, I'm going to put my foot down. And we're both. Because I just want to go you to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a sort of a standoff. And where do you oh, go? Honestly. And then there's a kind of a winner loser dynamic and a power struggle. Totally. And how to take the heat out of that and find that third way of how we're going to navigate this together. And creativity, imagination is such a powerful resource. Such a powerful resource. Um, and on and completely flipping over to talking about your because I want really want to get to this we were we walked through your Fakatoki um, Aroha book the other night because we we laughed because my husband bought for Christmas bought all his staff a copy and he said I think I sold the Whitcools out because <laughs> he laughed because he presented everybody one and we go through it a lot and we talk about them a lot mm -hmm. they they have the ability to change your mindset about everything they really do. Which one is the one you use for yourself in times of real desperation? Is there one that you go to 
or you give other people? There's a few. Uh, and I think the two for Tete Hopo is, is an obvious choice, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And I and I I talked a bit about that a bit um at an event the other night for this International Women's Day that makes us all tired and a bit angry and uh and upset because why do we need such a thing? You know, well, every day is a celebration of women. And yet we we feel like we're kind of maybe going backwards a bit at the moment. So two for Tetehopo is, is one, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. A special kind of um, emotion. Hopo is, is a special sense in the gut of, of unease. And when you can recognize that in yourself and go, well, and I'm going to have the guts to, to follow my instincts anyway. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, really powerful. We use the sweet, which is the sweet potato. Oh, one. yes. The, the, the kumara shouldn't speak of its own sweetness. Yes, we use that yeah. one a lot. Um, and we, they just, I think what they do is they just bring us back to those real basic values that I think all families share around what what is it that we need right now? Well, actually, it's that we need to be able to communicate together and work through this stuff together and we you know we don't want to get angry and we well we do what we want to get angry but we want to be able to just communicate what it is that's going on for us and they have a real power to just bring everything back to its foundational level do you know like what is what is the simplicity of this stuff that we're trying to communicate with each other yeah and i think that that to me is about the that ancestral good sense and that ancestral wisdom that those examples that those stories that those nuggets of wisdom exist all around us in nature all the time and so they have that natural authenticity you know we're not we're not it's not a kind of fanciful idea that people can't really relate to at all when you talk about birds and trees and the weather the, these are fundamental aspects that connect us to nature that remind us that we are actually part of nature. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons they work so deeply because they're just so incredibly relatable. So relatable. And in the, you know, it, we use them in the work that we do with families and we work, we use them in the everyday to check in with each other at work and just um, an incredible resource to have that we can always go back to and then your new book mm. explain talk about your new book which is I just bought somebody for Christmas who was very excited to have it land under the tree oh great oh thank you for that yeah so um like many people I've been um writing in a marmataka diary for for many many years and I was thinking about mm, you know as a as a woman now 57 how to draw together some of the lessons of life, especially for uh, other women, both women younger than me and women older than me, and how to have conversations as I imagine they would have happened back in the day when we had those intergenerational groups of women getting together on a regular basis for activities, which I think unfortunately has been eroded in contemporary society. And I'm interested in ways that we might um, reclaim those kinds of ways of being together and I was I was pondering you know this idea of um, books that I wish that I'd read when I was young and the kind of mātauranga uh, that that I wish had been available you know 40 50 years ago yeah 
And so those thoughts came together. And then I was at my cousin's place up north in Taipa, and I saw this amazing drawing on the wall, which was it's called an okoro. It's a it's another word for a Maori um, diary or lunar calendar. And so I thought, oh my goodness, this is such a such a precious sign to pursue that. So this is a book about every night, every day and night of the Maori lunar calendar from one of my iwi's perspectives uh, from Taupodi, and based on the um, on that picture that I saw on the wall from 1967, of well, 1969 actually, from one of our cousins that had drawn that under the guidance of Sir Heck Busby, who some of the listeners might know about, who's a famous navigator, and his and his grandmother, uh, Ma Jones. And so long-winded way of uh, contextualizing that this is um, 30 chapters, if you will, 30 different stories about the different faces that Hina, the Māori moon, shows us. And I've grouped them in a certain way, which for me... Um, reflected the inspiration that we we all get from uh, different Māori forms of music and discipline like haka, waiataringa, motiatia. It seemed to me that they the, the transitions, the phrases and the phases of the moon fitted really beautifully with that approach. So it's a bit of a meditative book, maybe. Yeah. It's a reflective book. I talk about some of the things that have happened in my life as a woman and um, some some fun stories about some of our female ancestors who were really uh, you know unashamed about their bodies very proud and confident in their bodies and their sexual expression yeah. uh, they were uh, you know happy to make jokes about their bodies their vagina um, their their sexual allure and and how we can take some some of that energy perhaps and some of their feistiness uh, at times of of uh, when we might need it in modern life. Yeah, I'm just reading Fiti Heriaka's book, um, and I said I've never read a book that you mm. disappear so quickly into. The world completely disappears when you read it. And it's like the power that comes from that book is I haven't ever experienced anything like that before. And yeah. I sent her a message and I I said, because um, she's going to come on this podcast, which is amazing. But I was okay. just, I just said, I've never experienced something so where everything just disappears when you start reading it. And yeah. she's, well, that's, that's incredible. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really um it's a really wonderful book, eh? It's a really wonderful, exciting book, and it has that flip side, so you can yeah. read it from yeah from one perspective and then from yeah. another. Yeah, mm. so amazing. Um, are you ready for your quick fire round? Of course, <laughs> uh, as ready as I can be. As ready as you can be. Okay, boundaries to me are dot dot dot. Sometimes very clear sometimes are more porous and sometimes need to be worked on nice always need to be worked <laughs> uh what's on your bedside table a pile of books yeah me too my husband said to me the other night jane i literally can't see you anymore there's so many books <laughs> And I said, well, there many... apparently there's a Japanese term and I've forgotten what it is. that says um, something around um, 
being surrounded, like completely surrounded by books so that you're invisible. And it's a feeling of comfort. I, I want to find it and write, write about it because the Japanese have an amazing way of describing certain things that you like. Well, of course. But yeah, it's about you just you have so many books in your life that you disappear in a good way. And I was like, that is that is me. Uh, coffee or tea? Tea. The thing I complain most about? Oh, probably the fairies at the moment. Oh, and I've been on a bad, windy ferry before that was not good. Uh, I've forgotten how to. Hmm. I can't think of anything I've forgotten how to do. Gee, I've forgotten how to forget, how to forget about something. I will have to come back to that one. It's a good one, eh? Uh, Salty or sweet? Salty. Good get a girl after my own heart. Um, and if I could whisper something in the ear of my younger self, I would say. Mm, too fitty a hopple. There you go. <laughs> Kinamoa, thank you so much. This has been an incredible so experience, and I'm very grateful um, that you had the time. Namihi. Namihi nui ki a kwewa. Atonawa. Kakite.